A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When I first joined politics, my daughter was in primary school. Sometimes they will get unkind comments also, like, hey, actually, I don't like your father. Thank oh my God. Do politicians struggle with mental health issues? This is your daily catch up. Good morning, Singapore. Big news, big news. We have Mr. Minister Chan Chun Singh here with us today. Very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know whether I'm you're nervous or I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Minister Chan is one of the spokespeople for the Better Together campaign, which PAP has just launched to talk about mental health and issues surrounding that. And so we are very lucky to have him with us today to have a conversation about his personal life as well as like his involvement in the campaign. Woo! Yes. Also, he's the Minister of Education. Mm. That's right. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of curious, like on a personal level, right, as an MP, right, do you feel lonely? Because a lot of the stuff that happens at work, right, you probably cannot go home and like tell people that kind of stuff, right? So then, of course, how does uh, that? I mean, we, we also human, right? I feel like everybody can't make friends with you all got agenda. Which makes sense. Lah. The world yeah, is transactional we, we, to a certain extent. To like, some extent, people mm. are transactional, but we try not to discourage ourselves by having such a cynical view. Uh, because there are also people who genuinely want to help people uh, and yep. they come. So I think part of our job is also to find out who are those who are genuine mm. and who are those who are maybe transactional. Right. Uh, okay, having said that, I'm not saying that the transactional one you shouldn't do because some people, <laughs> correct, correct, they, they correct. start off being quite transactional. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Then after a while, it's also our job that when they come and volunteer that we also try to inspire them. Then they find that it's actually quite meaningful uh, beyond mm. the transactional part of it. Then they stay on and help. So that, mm. that's also a good possibility. Mm. Yeah. How, how do you handle the pressure though? Because like in your position as a minister, whenever good things happen, you have to give credit to your team. But whenever bad things happen, you have to take it on as your own responsibility. So it's almost like when you, you don't get the credit and then lose, you take all the responsibility. But that's our karma. La. The success comes from the teamwork rather than what it is. You know, in our line of work, uh, success or anything of that kind uh, comes many years later. When, you know, when I was in MSF, you say that, oh, you spent three years in MSF. What's your greatest achievement? Is it because you set up the social service office? Is it because you mm. helped this? I said, frankly speaking, I don't know. If we have been successful, uh, successful, maybe 10 years later when the child who come from the broken family mm. grew up already, then now he feels or he or she feels a bit more confident. Okay, uh, to us, that is successful. But you tell me now, just because I do this, I do that, or my team uh, did this, my team did that, it doesn't say anything. Uh, Especially like now in MOE, uh, you must have some conviction uh, you know, of what you do. Because like what we say, right? how do we know whether the child learned well or not? Mm. Yeah. Uh, the success is not whether he or she did well in the first 15 years of her school, right? Uh, his or her school. Uh. Right. Success is really after school, uh, the next 50 years, uh, whether they continue to learn, continue to do well. So, right. so if we are overly taken by all these uh, here and now comment, uh, yeah. then every day uh, you Right. You don't know what you're going to do. So I try, although I say it sounds quite easy, right? It's very hard to do huh? because we are all human beings, right? Mm. So every day people ask you, hey, why you like that one? Mm. Hey, why you say this? Why you, why you do that? Then every day you will get this kind of thing, right? So people- Like your, your family got- like No, a, my family was like, why, 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 why you like, no, my family is not, why, why you do this? It's like, 
why do you even have to do this? Because <coughs> it's like... Huh? It's That's like, why I ask every <laughs> minister I meet. Why you want to do this? Yeah. So, because your family, they're also human being, right? You, we all, all got children, got, got, mm. got wife, got mother, right? Then, I mean, supposing that you, you are the mother, right? Then you look at your son or your daughter, it's like, hey, I brought up my son and my mm. daughter. And they did well in life, right? Then and they, they could have done anything. Then do why do you want to subject yourself to this kind of uh, mm. thing? Yeah. Then why, why you want... To, I mean, which mother or father like mm. the son or daughter to be made fun of by, by other people? Which wife uh, like to see the husband uh, go around and cannot scold it or cannot uh, make fun of by other people? Especially when they do all things with the best intention. Or whose children uh, will want to go to school and say, hey, your father, uh, like that, <laughs> your mother, like that. One. But did it happen then though? They will get some of this, of course, at different ages. So when I first joined politics, my daughter was in primary school already. My son the time was not in school yet. Right, right. Mm. My second son was not in school. My third son was not born yet. It depends on the school, but they will know. They will make, sometimes they will get unkind comments also like, hey, actually, I don't like your father. Then oh my God. Like, wow. Or sometimes they tell you, Hey, my father say, uh, and the friend, <laughs> yeah, 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 my yeah, father yeah. say he doesn't like your father. Then, yeah. then you know, as a child, it's like, it's like yeah, no. what is that to do with me and you, right? Yeah. We are friends then. Also nobody asks now. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> or, or they go to school, uh, it's like, then you, the, the, the child do well, then it's like, I, uh, you ministers, right. children, yeah. right? Sure do well, one, right? Then you don't, if they don't do well, Oi, you minister yeah. children, you also... But someone now you uh, MOE, uh, they triple stress. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like since we're on this topic, right? Like there was there was quite a big incident that happened sometime back with, which was the River Valley High, the, the, the whole situation, right? And with the incident, mental health mm. amongst children and like our youth and all that became a very big mm. topic. Like mm. when the incident happened, I'm actually curious to know like how did you break that down or address that with your children? You know, when the first thing, when we first got the news that it mm. happened on that day, it's quite uh, shocking uh, to the whole uh, teaching community. So our first priority is not so much as to, uh, okay, what are we going to tell our children? Or our first priority as the MOE team was to make sure that we go to, onto the ground, help to stabilize the situation because all the teachers in River Valley were running around to try and calm the students, mm. take care of the students. Because it's quite uh, fast Right. Mm. So first, you must make sure that the safety of the students in schools are okay. Then you must make sure that they let their parents know it's okay. Then we must make sure that the rest of the schools are okay. That means they remain calm because you mm. don't want people to panic. Now, one of these things about whether is it suicide or whether is it such an unfortunate incident, one of the things that MOE is always worried about uh, is what we call copycats incident. Mm. Right, right. Uh, so on that day, we try to make sure that we calm everybody, assure everybody, take care of everybody and so forth. Then, but the next day was actually a public holiday. So we also have to swing into action to brief all our principals and teachers how to manage. Because even though they are not in real valley, it doesn't mean that they are not affected. No? Because mm. there will be uh, students, there will be teachers who might be shocked and fearful. At the same time, we, had, we need another effort to make sure that we take care of both families. I think a lot of people thought that naturally we'll take care of the victim's family, which of course we do. And we spend a lot of time trying to make sure that they are given the best support. But we forget that actually the perpetrator's family also need to be taken care yeah. of. And also I was quite sometimes maybe hurt that people started pointing fingers and uh, making, I suppose, presumptuous statements about uh, what should be done, what should not be done uh, to the student and to which family and things like that. So we try not to take that kind of 
stance for us, both families need to be supported. Right, both right. families having to grapple with very, very different issues. And yeah. uh, you, we cannot say that oh, just because uh, one family is hurt, then the other family, we don't take care of. It's not like that. Having stabilized that in the first phase, then the next phase, I think, is where everybody in our system have to understand that you know, sometimes things like that happen. Sometimes very unfortunate things happen, very tragic things happen. Then how do we move forward? Uh, not just individually, how do we not just cope individually, how do we cope as a community? And yet at the same time, do not swing to the other extreme. Because for example, so there were some situations, okay, next time, uh, everybody go to school, uh, must have back checks. They right. say, wow, you know, if you do that, uh, you, you might end up triggering another set of issues. No? Mm. Can you imagine, last time we all go to school, we believe that the school is a safe place, we we make friends, we learn. Then suddenly you go into this place like a fortress like that. Yeah. Then, mm. then how would our children react psychologically? You know, then it, it might cause even more issues. So whatever we do, we have to make sure that it's quite uh, measured. Yeah. So that it's not just like reactionary policies. Uh, like, not reaction. Yeah. And then the question is that whether it's sustainable. Yeah. Is it? You know, we cannot be like something happened. Then we have a knee jerk reaction. Then and then it's not sustainable. Then it creates all kinds of. Uh, expectations uh, which might not be uh, fair going yep. forward. Mm. So I would say that even until today, we will always remind ourselves to first never take things for granted. Then if things unfortunately happen, then we must deal with it as a team calmly to reassure people and make sure that whatever happens, we learn something from it and we move on from, from there. Right. So, so even until today, we are continuing to support the families involved the schools involved and uh, thankfully the vast part of the students I think they have moved on a bit. Recently I asked the school uh, what has happened to the, the site of the incident. Thankfully they have done, uh, they come up with a plan, they have converted the place into something that try to minimize the memories and yet bring out something positive from that. So, so these are all part of the healing process. Yeah. yeah. Has this incident like paid a special attention towards like mental health for the students? I think it has certainly highlighted the need for us to take this mental health uh, issue together. Mm. Uh, maybe in that sense, there's a bit of a silver lining that more people are paying more attention to some of these issues. Yeah. And that is why I think uh, even on the PAP, the party side, we launched this Better Together campaign. And on the MOE side, we also continue to intensify the efforts. Is it because before this, I think maybe people tend to think of mental health like, are you okay? You're not okay? You know, mm. it's a binary thing, you know, black, white uh, kind of thing. But I, I never see mental health in that sense. To me, it's a spectrum. Mm. All of us at different points in our life, even at different points in the day, uh, sometimes yeah. we are a bit we are better, swinging, uh, we are swinging a bit. So that's one perspective. So we, we want to have let everybody know that, you know, don't be judgmental and say that, uh, okay, not okay. And don't be complacent that I'm okay, not okay. Because all of us can move beyond, between this, two, this spectrum. The second thing that we want to let people know is that actually all of us feel certain stresses in different stages of our life. And you don't have to be shy about it. 
and don't mm. think that we are the only one uh, facing it. So whether is it students, students got their own stress uh, stressors. Uh, even ministers got ministers stressors. Every one of us need somebody to talk to and mm. can reach out to somebody. And yet at the same time, all of us also can reach out to help somebody else. You know, even in MOE, I, I always say, you know, I also need my buddy, you know, so uh, my mm. buddy is Maliki la, because he's my second minister. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, know, he knows the BFF. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, gotcha. Dr. Dr. Maliki, can you come on the show? Yeah, I think he should come on the show. He's also very fun. So, so what's this um, Better Together movement? What, what are y'all doing? So we want to make sure that to send the message that you no know, mental health is not a binary right. yeah. uh, concept. Mm. In fact, I would say that it's more like a fitness concept. Every day, if we train a bit, every day we stretch right. ourselves a bit, we can keep improving. Then the second thing, very simply, is that you're not alone. Mm. Okay, All of us have our stressors, all of us will face different challenges, but all of us can also help people yeah. so, so that we have this, build this community of support so that you're never alone. You know? It's not Liverpool's uh, motto, yeah. but you make sure that people feel that if I need help, there's someone that I can reach out to. And mm. even if I do need help, I can be the someone to reach out to someone. Yeah. Yeah. And if we can just achieve this very basic uh, understanding, right? Actually, many of the smaller issues we can handle in the community without overloading the psychiatrists or the you know the clinical intervention mm. because that was really the high end whereby really people need professionals. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's really at this level. Most of the time, if you look at the look at us, right? We don't first thing go and ask and see psychologists or therapists, right? Mm. Our first part of course, usually uh, people whom we trust, our mm. friends, our family, mm. and we want to equip the so-called friend circle, the family circle, with some of, this is what we call basic first aid right. to allow people to help reach out to one mm. another. So like, there's this survey that was done by Rich, right? They talk about how youths their age between 13 to 30 still feel like there's a very strong stigma when it comes to seeking help. And so they're still very uncomfortable with it. Mm. And so like with the Better Together campaign, right? It's pretty much the first time that any politician has come out and like, talked about mental health in their personal capacity as well, even if it's not in that much specifics. Yeah, so I'm wondering like, is it seen as a weakness for a politician to be talking about their mental health struggles, right? And because mm. if leadership thinks that, right, then does it not trickle down to let other people think that maybe this is not normal, like this is also a weakness and therefore mm. I cannot show it, I'm uncomfortable like seeking help for it. I don't think it's a weakness. I think we are all human beings, right? Mm. We all have our ups, we all have our downs, right? But whether is it an individual weakness, even if you say it's an individual weakness, I'm not too concerned. Because oh. in Singapore, we work as a team and we all recognize that sometimes we are up, sometimes we are down. But so long as the team is able to like play football, uh, cover each other's uh, mm. back, uh, then we are okay. No, but to a certain extent, for example, let's say PM had anxiety attack yeah. yesterday. Right. He's not going to say it. Ma. He's not going to say it in a speech. I mean, yeah. in the spirit of normalizing this, right? Yeah. His hands is a bit yeah. tight also. Yeah. Then he cannot say, you know, guys, I had, when COVID hit, I had anxiety attack. <laughs> oh, then the whole country will panic. Eh. Yeah. But no, even if one of us have anxiety, right? Whether is it PM or anybody, but actually you can draw strength. Also, that's also part of the message. When you are in a team, uh, mm. you, you don't feel so alone, you know? Mm. Because if I tell you that, hey, you are in charge of the whole COVID, uh, you should stress out one, right? Mm. But if it, I tell you that- Because I got task force. Uh, uh, that's why you say that, okay, don't worry, uh, we all cover each other bases. One of us may be down, but the whole team, won't be down. Then you feel that, okay, the the pressure is not all mm. on you, right? So whether is it in the ministry or is it in the multi-ministry task force or whether as a cabinet, no, as a mm. leadership team, the joy of it is that you know that you are not alone. You mm. know that you cover each other's back 
so that together we give the best face possible to the world as representative of the country. But there's also another part which we hope is that people can build a community of support, mm. a circle of support, so that when really something happens or before something happens, you are in this community, you don't feel so alone. I think we need people to understand that, okay, all of us are not alone. Huh? If we need help, there's help. Yep. Uh, and we can also give help. And sometimes the ability to give help uh, is very important. So we don't feel useless. Yep. So I always say that, you know, when I visit my uh, residents, I always tell them, no, no matter how poor you are, or no matter how uh, down you are, you are still capable of doing something for someone else. And that actually builds up a lot of confidence and pride. Perhaps due to you, you feel useless or you feel like uh, you, your existence don't matter to anyone. Yes. And, and sometimes to help other people is to, to help yourself. La. Yes. Mm. So it, that's exactly it. You, see, you don't want someone to go into this state that oh, life is all downhill from here. Yeah. I'm totally yeah. useless. Nobody uh, your existence respect don't me. Mm. I don't matter. Very nihilistic. Yeah. 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 Whereas if you, <laughs> you, you tell people, this once you make someone feel that actually uh, I can be of value to someone I can help someone yeah. it, it's quite transformational the newer generation right, they are born into this world like, I feel like for us a lot of like we, we grew up without internet eh. then we got it and then we had social media we acquired it so I feel like maybe there's a bit more of a unique balance that we can appreciate with life but yeah. for, for the younger generation they are born into it the moment they are born they they see all this and this is yeah. part of their life already. Yeah. So it's very normalized for them and the way they perceive it is slightly different. So my question is, I I kind of like, had like a bit of an awakening when it comes to mental health late in my late 20s. But it would have been so much more useful if I, have, I was introduced to these concepts and these ideas earlier in my life. So yeah. now in schools, we try to introduce it consciously, intentionally in the earlier years. But we don't say that, okay, this is a mental health lesson because then people might just switch off, right? right. But we try to do it as a practice. So for example, uh, now we say that every start of the school term, uh, we do a check-in. Check-in meaning that you, know, you just talk about uh, what do you do for the holidays, then you check whether people are okay, not okay, people are stressed, not stressed. One-on-one uh, or like as a uh, class? As a class. Then right. from that, the first triage. Uh, then after right. that, the teachers will try and see that, okay, who are those people who might need a bit of help? So this one is a bit of a relation building also. Mm. So. I for them, part of our teacher now. Yeah, they have to oh, read the language. Oh, it, it's, it's really difficult because you need to know every child, yeah. the social emotional balance, even before you start teaching anything. Correct. In fact, the academic subject is the least of the worry <laughs> if we can get the social emotional side. Well, yeah. Otherwise, you just try to pump the social, uh, the, the academic side. The, the child won't have a, even a basis to start with. You know, like some children, they come to school. You look at them, you know that. Something off. Uh, something uh, is off already. Yeah. Last mm. night looks like a mess or disaster outside school at home or well, something mm. must have happened. Mm. So you do, you go to class and try and okay, today math is like that, uh, won't go in one. Yeah. Whereas, in fact, the first thing you we probably need to do is that, okay, you want to share yesterday, anything happened? I think it has always been that sense of responsibility that our teachers have. I, I, I don't know. It evolved, like, it was not instituted. No, but maybe the expectations have heightened. Anything but doesn't it feel like teachers are taking on more and more to the point whereby the point of going to school sometimes, which is like to, to teach and for, for students to learn, it, that part becomes a little bit great. Then because if we MOE or like teachers start taking that on, right, mm. then there's some level of accountability. Like like in the past, like in, in the primary school that we like that. grew up yeah. in, 
our mental health was never the responsibility of the school. Yeah. If you got, I if you are mentally unsound, probably your parents. Fair enough though. Yeah. Right. I, I wouldn't say that last time the teachers didn't bother with the emotional health. Last time maybe like what you mentioned, the topic was not so often discussed. Mm. So, and maybe today, because everybody busy, right? So everybody mm. hopes that uh, the teachers and the schools will do more. And indeed the teachers and the schools have done more. But that's where the partnership comes in, you see. Yeah. Because whatever we do to help the child in the school is about maybe eight hours, 10 hours in the school. Mm. Then, but beyond it's that, they spend, long bloody time though. <laughs> but beyond <laughs> that, they actually spend more time outside the school. So without the partnership with the parents, right? Yeah. You, you, you can't get the thing done. Otherwise, the whole thing get unwinding, you see. How do we, how, yeah, sorry. I, I mean, first of all, I really need to pee, okay? Yeah. But I just want to say my question, then, then you give me two minutes to pee, okay? But I want to say my question before I forget, right? How do we straddle making mental health a priority yet um, still continue to build resilience and a tough people? I feel like that's something that I would think about. Um, because right now you look at, maybe if this stage of Singaporeans, right, had to build Singapore, maybe this mental health situation could have built Singapore. Because mm. you, you, you need a tough people that says, suck it. Okay, I need to, I need to pay. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> but what John actually mentioned, it's a continuum. It's not really like, okay, resilience and mental health is not the same. If we can better prepare our people and they become stronger, then of course they are like less likely to get into trouble or less likely to get into this kind of stressful situation. But that doesn't mean that it won't happen. Mm. But as a society, how do we prepare our people? Actually, part of it is that when, when our children are growing up, right? Do we overly protect them? Mm. Do we let them go and try? And sometimes by making small mistakes or experiencing some small failures, it helps to build up that resilience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if we try to overly structure their life and take away all uncertainties and untidiness from their life, uh, then maybe they are strong but fragile. Yeah. They are yeah. very good at what they are doing, but something happens. But I suppose that's the dilemma for many parents, right? That we all want the best for our children. Mm -hmm. But saying that we want the best doesn't mean that we should therefore not allow them to experience any setbacks mm. uh, in life, you see. Because there will be some setbacks in life for all of us, right? Yeah. And as parents, we can never prevent any setback throughout their whole life because yeah. we can't be with them for ever and ever, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nobody need to be, I cannot believe it. We continue without you. And we got a pretty good answer as well. Answer already? We were rolling the whole time. But it's okay, we have continuity because we have you leaving and then continue. You can watch the episode to find out the answer. Later you can watch the episode. Ask again the same question. What is my question? Some children, right? You need a much more affirming attitude, right? They get very scared, they lose confidence, then they just spiral downwards. Mm. Then if you keep scolding them, uh, they will just keep spiraling downwards. Mm. Some other children, they are tougher. They say that, oh, you have not reached the standard. Then they will say, that, oh, I aspire to reach the standard. I will prove to you. Yeah. So it depends on the... Right, right, yeah. right. The character of the person. Oh, yeah. our parenting so difficult. Actually, that's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something about my mom that I never realized. Because yeah. for me, right, like when I got my score, yeah. then my mom was like, basically, it's go to the school that makes her look the best amongst her friends. Yeah. Right? But then after that, when it came to my brother, who he scored like slightly lower than me, right? But then her, the choice that she made was to put him in the school <laughs> where he is, yeah. like the the upper like mm. so maybe bench. probably your mom thinks that uh, you are the fighter type okay never mind mm. you may 
put me where I'm at the bottom, right? I will fight my way up. I will yeah. prove to you. Why maybe she maybe, maybe that's your, your character, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, yeah. just to close off the story. But it all depends on the environment that you, you best thrive in. That's yeah. why I... No, so sometimes I always get very worried when some parents say that I want my child to go to this school or that school. You took out the child yeah. out of the equation because yeah. you, it, the important part is to actually identify what motivates them. What motivates what the child? Yeah. So yeah. recently I was on another uh, Facebook live. So someone said that uh, this school is a good school. Mm. And I said, yes, I agree with you. Mm. This school is a good school. But I want to ask you, is this school a good school for your child? Mm. It's a different question because whether your oh. child will... I thought you were going to say but every school is a good school then I will roll my iron <laughs> actually our aim is to make sure that every school has something distinctive right okay uh, uh, okay, yeah. okay, okay I almost roll again <laughs> it's, it's very difficult actually I challenge all my school because when I go for all my school visits right now yeah. really, because after a while you cannot keep telling the minister the same thing right correct so, <laughs> you also have to understand their stressors uh, how I also need to understand yeah. but I just want to tell them that actually no point competing on the same thing because your students are different Mm. Okay, your students are different. Mm. So recently, I went to Changkat Changi. They have a very unique program, aerospace. Wow. Oh damn! No, no one saw that coming. Do you know that inside the school they got a aer aerospace simulator? Because it's at Changi, right. near Changi Airport. No, because they have Changi one Changi alumni. Oh, they have one alumni who actually now work in, uh, I think, uh, <laughs> SQ uh, SIA Engineering. Oh, right. So and then they managed to get a group of people to come back and interest the students uh, on all things aviation. So some schools can be very good at football, some schools can be very good at basketball. Some of them are, are on this uh, hydroponics farming. Mm. They all decided Whoa. that they want to do wow. this because it's part of this uh, green environmental sustainability. So some of them go, go very deep into this. Maybe Actually, some I, of them I like have that. a giant group chat. Then they say, I did tell minister this so you don't say this. Then they go down, hydroponics farming. If they do that, actually it's quite good because you see, I have more than 300 schools now. Every school to find something unique uh, according to their strength. Uh, if they can really find that, uh, yeah. wow, we are mm. number one. I choose school right? based on which one nearest to my house. Yeah. Yeah. Very practical, I'll be them saying to be forced into hydroponics. <laughs> I mean, we all work practical. My primary school is five minutes from, I mean, my primary school is just next to my, my, my yeah. house. When the first bell ring, ding dong, then I, okay, bell, first bell ring, yeah. right, then go down. Then show wow. 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 Yeah. best. I, I feel like if you live very close to something, right? Yeah. At least for people like me, uh, yeah. the higher chance you will be late. Because uh, yes, you wake up later and later, they overestimate. Okay, but you always got two bell, man. The first bell ring, you make sure that you zoom. That this is down. why you minister, lah. Yeah. Yeah. My first bell is the alarm clock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shower. Last time in primary school, before you go to school, you got shower. Secondary school, secondary school. Secondary school, we are very early in the morning. Yeah, so no, right? Yeah. We are practical no people. <laughs> I also don't. Because you shower right before you sleep. <laughs> hey, wake up, I go to school. Ah. No, so before sleep, it's need to wash hair. When you wake up in the morning, it's don't need to wash hair. Guys wow. don't think about wash hair, don't wash hair, though, I think. Uh, he know hair. Yeah, I know hair. See, Uncle Raymond's <laughs> Last time when I was in primary school, uh, I, I decided to keep my hair short, just like you, because it uh, saved a lot of time. Exactly. Mm, Save a lot of time. Don't need to buy comb also. Don't need to buy comb. I go NS, I also start my hair. The orange color comb. Which is the weapon, right? Then they make you cut away the end. Wait, what? Yeah, this orange color comb is very sharp tip. Then the Abing will use it as weapon, which is a very intimidating weapon. She doesn't know what you're doing. She doesn't know. She's like doing it. You don't corrupt her. Don't try and teach her. What's your sense of the people? Are people 
more open to it. Uh, more open to talking about it. At least for me, I think in the last one or two years, I feel like there has been a genuine shift, at least in my circles. I think before this, I would have been quite ashamed to say that I went for therapy, for example. But I think it's become a lot more open where we have normalized the conversation. If I were to tell people, you know, I went for therapy, it, it wouldn't even be a blink or like a yeah. or a reaction. It's just normal. And I think more people feel that it's a thing that they can do now. I, where I think the perception has shifted is that while people are more comfortable hearing about going for help and counseling, I think there are still a subset of people who feel that it's not for them, that they are stronger than they actually need to, to, to actually go for these things even though it may actually help them. But that's you why know? I think we also want to have uh, how you call that? Uh, uh, change the thing because nowadays when people say that they go for help right they always think of the therapist yeah. uh, psychologist then they always end up oh we don't have enough resources because it's true if everybody go for the psychologist and the therapist show not It's enough. like COVID right? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so we need to help people try it. So the first level is what John said you know how do we help people strengthen resilience then how do we help people help their peers then how do we help people help their families then not everything need to go to the the, the psychologist or the, the <laughs> therapist unless mm. you really need clinical intervention right and, and that's where I think we need help to get this message across first I think it's very binary like I got trouble or I got no trouble mm. then the I need help means only one kind of help mm. and if, or if I don't need help Actually, it's not like that because there's a certain spectrum of help provided and a certain spectrum of help needed. So it's how we call, how to right side, uh, match yeah. people according. Otherwise, when there's a mismatch of resources, always not enough. Mm. Mm. Yeah, speaking on that, right, I actually had a quite an interesting conversation with my friend regarding like the cost of going for therapy. So I think it's the perception, the common perception is that it's too expensive for me. I go for one time, right, it's like $100, $200, right? If I want to go for a private one. Yeah, so then I was, my friend study side. Yeah, so then I asked, right, like, is it not very ironic or in a sense very unfair that something that is so needed, right, it should almost be like a public health kind of thing, right, that everybody has access to it for a much lower price. Then, but they're charging so much for it. But at the same time, it's because they've gone through 10 years of studying in order to be able to mm. share that expertise and use the expertise to help you. Then where is that? How do we find that balance? So that's really the really professional part of the cycle. Right? Yeah. So I, I learned one thing from Dr. Maliki because he was previously a social worker. Right? We think of uh, providing help means the, the very professional one. Mm. And then we think of people helping means I must give you a solution. Mm. Actually, Dr. Maliki, when I s saw him share with the other students, uh, one of the things I learned from him is that he doesn't necessarily say that, okay, you got a problem, right? Mm. Let me try and help you solve your problem. In fact, he says that sometimes it's counterproductive. Because you take away the chance for the person to learn to solve their own problem. Right. Oh. So in fact, he's, for him, the first triage and the first way is that, he said, don't need to do anything. You just listen. Just learn to listen and don't, oh, you got a problem. Ah. Let me tell you how. Actually, when you say, let me tell you how, ah, you have not empowered the person, you know. Mm. Whereas his way is, okay, you, got, you say you got a problem. We listen to your problem. Mm. Uh, then we discuss whether there are ways that we can cope. is ways then slowly, then how you, what are your options? Then it becomes, you know, from how we all can cope, how you can cope. Then you allow that person to say that, ah, I can take charge of it. Yeah. Mm. Then after they settle the problem already, then the person say, hey, actually, the only easy day was yesterday. I, I done it, no? Mm. I've been there. Yeah. Whereas the other way is, I tell you I got a problem. Okay, I tell you, you do this, 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 this. Then the next time the person face the same problem again, yeah. right? Will the person say that, oh, okay, I know how to mm. manage? Or I go back to the same thing. Oh, then mm. it's quite interesting. A lot of time people 
all jump to the conclusion that this person got trouble, we must go and send him to some psychiatrist and some uh, social worker and whatnot. That may not always be true. Mm. That may not mm. always be true. Sometimes we just need to rent. Just to yeah, just to mm. rent, just to have just to know that someone else is prepared to help. Mm. Listen. 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 Yeah. And sometimes just to know that Actually, I'm not alone. Uh. He also got same problem. Uh. Mm. He also got same problem. Mm. Okay. Sometimes to area or even to hear yourself yeah. gives you a better uh, yes. clarity. Mm. Line, so, so there are different coping strategies. Uh. So that means like with regards to like parenting, right? And with your own children, right? Like you will, will you not send them for like therapy, for example, or, or, or any specialized like this oh. kind of services, right? I mean, if they really need it, then of course we see what kind of help they need and then we provide the appropriate help. So it's not whether we send or don't send, it depends on what they need right. uh, at that point in time. When my daughter was uh, doing gymnastic, I mean, because it's competitive, so you also have a lot of stresses and strains, right? So is it considered professional help? Because the coach will help them to learn coping techniques, how to manage the stress of the competition, how wow. to prepare themselves. No. Uh, yeah. so, so there are different levels of help. Right. Mm. Required. Yeah. It's more about creating that funnel so that yeah. we are don't we're not like over using the resources that are available. Uh. Yeah, you use the right resources for the right level of uh, mm. uh, mm. that's required. Do you feel like in your busy schedule you've become as present a father you want to be? No, as a father you will always hope to have more time with your Children, right? You will mm. never say, that, okay, enough. Okay, okay, now it's my time. You don't have this sort of thing, right? yeah. really? You will try to. You will try <laughs> like two to, hours in. Our, whoa, <laughs> way too long. Way too yeah. long. You you try to spend as much time with your kids. So I mean, like for us, I mean, even we are we are all busy. We got work. So when we go and do our own exercise, so after we put the kids to sleep, mm. then so so I do my exercise in the middle of the night. Uh, wow. wow. <laughs> then the neighbor sleeping, doing burpees. <laughs> no, uh, I I usually both of you to assume he lives in an apartment. I usually go and uh, jog or walk, or I usually go and cycle. So don't disturb people, uh, right? Mm. But you try to preserve and protect the maximum amount of time for yeah for your yeah. kids. But at the same time, I think the children also grow up knowing that okay, the parents have certain responsibilities to mm. fulfill, and it's also part of their maturing process. It's part of their duty also, I mean, to the country in a sense that this is their sacrifice. Uh, I don't think they put it in that way, but right. they know that, okay, the, the parents have duties and the parents need to work. Okay. I have a fun fact based on my background check on minister. Mm. So <laughs> that within 30 days after your first child was <laughs> born, you were actually posted to Indonesia for two years. Oh, yeah, but yeah. of course there are chances that we come back and sometimes uh, after the situation stabilized, then they also can go and visit me. Do you feel like you missed out? Like especially more like does your how angry is your wife on scale one to ten? So how many times uh, did she tell you to quit? Sometimes you you become a almost a weekend father. So uh, mm. Friday, I used to take plane at Friday midnight, come back, then I Sunday midnight I take a plane back. Wow, so it's like that, huh? Then it's like, where is the time for yourself? Which is what Andrew did. Yeah. <laughs> oh okay, thank you for watching today's episode of The Daily Catch-Up. And thank you, Minister, for joining us here today. And thank you, being thank very you. casual with us. Yeah, thank yes, you comment down below all your thoughts from today's episode. Like, share, subscribe, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, thank you. I first saw you at um, NTUC. I think you were giving a speech. It really weirded me out. Brother, brother. Uh, when you're like, brother Chun Seng, brother, uh, sister Mary, and I, I was like, what kind of cult? <laughs> <laughs>
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.